0: Again, I hadn't seen those comments about the um, about the plugins because we know that we've talked about that in the past. You know, when you have plugins in an open source, they're they going to have conflict. And so, you're right, we did get confirmation from them. Um, you know, they are doing a really good job to make themselves look exciting, like Shopify.
1: Growing a business requires a holistic approach that extends beyond sales and marketing.
2: Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the WS Podcast. I'm Sam Gupta, your host and principal consultant at independent ERP and digital transformation consulting firm Elevate IQ. Do you know an e-commerce platform that is open source and has UX as good as Shopify? Do you know an e-commerce platform born out of Germany? Do you know an open source platform that is built on PHP but can support Atlas? Do you know an e-commerce platform that is upcoming and targeted for SMBs? If you guessed Shopware, then you are right. In today's episode, we invited a panel of industry experts for a live discussion on LinkedIn to conduct an independent review of Shopware's capabilities. We covered its strengths, such as its UX, similar to Shopify, business events, and Flow Builder. Finally, we discussed the pros and cons of an open source software and how their model compares to other open source software such as Magento, PrestaShop, and OroCommerce. With that, let's get to the conversation. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's show. And if you are joining for the first time, this is part of our e-commerce series for which we meet every Wednesday at 5:30 p.m. Eastern. We review one vendor or the solution related to e-commerce. And for today, we have a very interesting vendor. It's called um, Shopware. So we are going to have a lot of fun discussing that. Before we do that, we are going to start with everybody's intros. I am going to start with my quick intro. If you don't know me, I am Sam Gupta, principal at Elevate IQ. Elevate IQ is the independent ERP e-commerce digital transformation consulting firm. On that note i am going to move to robert for his intro
0: hi robert brown principal at robert brown e-commerce consultancy we help small to medium-sized e-commerce solutions be more
2: profitable okay amazing thank you so much for being here robert and if you're in the uh, audience and joining for the first time make sure uh, you guys post your questions and comments we typically try to cover them during the show if we run out of time we'll make sure that you receive your answers on that note, I am going to start with the quick briefing, and then uh, Robert, we can discuss, you know, how they fit overall in the value chain. And overall, I mean, this is the first time you are probably going to hear me say that I like one of the open source solution. Okay, what? and this is one of them. What? <laughs> We're the this firework. Is... <laughs> exactly, exactly. No, 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 no. I, I definitely do like this one. And, and I'm shocked, to be honest, uh, you know, based on the the quality of the development that these guys have. Uh, and uh, you know, something is happening in Europe. I think every single solution uh, is coming from Europe for some reason. And these guys are from Germany as well. We have reviewed a lot of solutions from Germany, uh, Intershop, uh, which else uh, Robert, do you recall? Intershop was from Germany, if I remember. Yeah, it was. Uh, And uh, then uh, demand where my understanding is going to be from Germany as well, because, you know, the founder was from Germany. Right. uh, New store, I don't know now, probably he moved to California. So he would probably (laughs) call uh, himself or the company from from California, uh, I guess. I don't know if we reviewed anything else. By the way, the open source solution, the... OroCommerce was from Bay Area. That's my recollection. PrestaShop was from France, if I remember correctly, right? Yeah. Uh, okay, so PrestaShop Presta was open source. Uh, OroCommerce, Magento, and this one is open source, for open source. Anything else that we review that is open source, Robert? Dude. <laughs> I'm
0: sorry. I I I don't keep a running list of them. Um the, the ones that we've reviewed. It's it's kind of turning into a blur. I think I actually have to set up a space on my wall so I can keep track of all the ones that we we've, we've gone through. But you know, I have to tell you that I am I am impressed with this tool because yeah. My you know, my initial take on an open source solution is going to put me at like you know WordPress and small business and yep. very simplified and you know the complexities of dealing with lots of plugins and the compatibility, and you know, I think everybody knows what happens with with WordPress with plugins. yeah, they conflict, and your site goes down, and you're in trouble. So when you look at this company, yep, they have some really big names now granted they're all european centric yeah um, but you know they they according to their site you know they specialize in a few areas they specialize in uh food clothing um and like interiors so like furniture office supplies things like that so you know one of one of theirs is staples yeah germany and you know staples germany is not going to take a chance on an open source solution that isn't rock solid
2: right and i would like to be a little careful there again based on these big brands and sometimes they might have a very tiny weenie site hosted in shopware and they might claim that they have staples so just a little clarification there overall in terms of the logo i don't know if their corporate site is running on that that's a possibility because there might not be any other solution that might support German as well as these guys do. And that could be a possibility that the Germany site is actually hosted
0: on their solution. Right. Um, It is is the German site. So I want to make sure that, you know, we we clarify that. it is no U.S. sites that I can identify are running on this, but quite a few well-known organizations in Germany and Europe are using this, Staples being one of them.
2: Yeah, and one thing that I absolutely liked about this solution. So Robert, when I am looking at any of the open source solution are uh, you know one of the things that you're going to notice with all of them is going to be they are going to be developer led, which means you know really complex engineering, okay They are going to have really, really complex engineering but from the design perspective, they are not going to have as much funds uh, to be able to invest in design. So the big shocking point for me is when I look at Shopware, I actually get the feeling of Shopify, to be honest. OK, yeah. that's how well this is done. In fact, better than Shopify, to be honest. <laughs> okay. Well, the, 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 the thing that
0: flipped my opinion aside from you know the, the UI was the business led initiatives, not the tech led initiatives, the business led initiatives. So like their Shopware TV. So that's telling me that they have an entire unit behind supporting the flow through the system. So one of the modules that we're going to talk about is their their workflow. Yep. Yep. And, And, you know, looking at how they designed it, it's really designed from a business first usability standpoint.
2: So do you wanna provide some more colors on Shopware TV? And I don't know where you saw that, to be honest. Uh, I don't know if we have that as part of our slides. No, Uh, it's actually on their site. So let me pull that up. Um, Let's see. Okay. And is that going to be similar to what we saw in the case of VTEX? And I am not trying to quiz you, but the only solution that really had the live shopping functionality. If you remember Vtex, they were the only ones that had this. No, this
0: this isn't for live shopping. What this is, is like product tours and trainings and talking about... Um, so they, they actually have an entire section. You know how much I love people showing their roadmaps and where they stand on their roadmaps. So yeah. Shopware has their roadmap, what they've just delivered and what's coming soon. And so you actually get an idea of how Focus they are on the customer experience thinking about the store owner the store owner experience right right and so you know if you go to tv.shopware.com that shows you you know it's it's basically uh the marketing team had a field day and is you know video first it's it's
1: awesome
2: Okay, very cool. And it's uh, great that we clarified that because live TV could mean uh, several different things and and live TV is thinking that live shopping. Okay, so good. Uh, Now, the other point that I am going to make based on the commentary, uh, you mentioned that they specialize in clothing. They specialize in food. And when I say uh, when I look at clothing or when I think about clothing, my perception of that is going to be I would require something like Kaibo. Uh, you know, from the unified commerce perspective, because most of the apparel brand or the clothing brand are probably going to require, they are going to have very uh, complex inventory in general. Uh, mm-hmm. So typically for clothing, you are going to get a very different feel from the solution itself. When we are going to review these screens, I did not get that feeling. So I don't know how they are trying to position themselves as clothing, maybe SMB brands, uh, but I don't know how that is going to work uh yeah Yeah, so when you go to to their menu
0: under solutions they break it out by use case and by industry so under use case they've got b2b omni-channel headless pwa and payments and under industry they go fashion food and interior interesting they they are clearly positioning themselves for complexity
2: Right. But that could could be the reason why their design is so slick, because if you're targeting fashion, you need to look like fashion. Yeah. <laughs> because the right. people that they hire, you really need to be into the fashion, right? I mean, that's how their websites are. They they are really different. I mean, uh, you know. Um, right. It's it's
0: it's the look and feel in the presentation. And so that the the dot com yeah.
2: backs that up. Yep, yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Um So the other commentary that I'm going to have for this solution, Robert, I'm I'm not sure if you are going to agree with me on this one, but this is more of the SMB solution in my mind. Uh, You know, from the tech perspective, uh, every single open source that we have reviewed so far is in the PHP ecosystem. Uh, I don't know if we have any other platform that is going to be in any other ecosystem for the most part that is all uh, driven by PHP uh, community. That's that's what open source is in in general um so they are on this one as well for the most part i think everybody has been on symphony platform uh, my recollection of prestashop is that they were trying to migrate to symphony i guess they were not on that but for the most part everybody else was on symphony so these guys are on symphony as well they have a little bit of functionality of wood.js uh, but for the most part, I mean, the way the solution is presented, it's really SMB solution in general. That's my take on their positioning. So, medium-sized business,
0: um, there, there is that is a really can be a really wide um, area, right? So, one of the companies that's using it is uh, Thyssen Krupp. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of them, but they are a conglomerate, hundred thousand employees, fifty-six countries. It's big. It's it's a really big player. And, you know, they're using it for their for their mothership site. Now, whether they're using it, they don't tell us. And I'm not going to dig into all the the areas that they have. I mean, they've got automotive, shipbuilding, oil and gas, energy, chemicals, food and beverage, aerospace, special vehicles, mechanical engineering plants. Each one of those verticals may have their own website. And, and their own technology, so it may just be the the corporate mothership that, that's using this tool, or it may be everything. I don't know, and I you know I haven't had the time to go through to determine what that is.
2: Yeah, and I I'll be again a little careful talking about just one big brand because there could be yeah. several reasons why a big brand may have used this product. Uh, For the most part, when we look at the positioning of any solution, uh, in our case, we look at the solution capability itself. Uh, Okay, so this is not really an enterprise solution. Now, if enterprise is buying because of whatever bias they might have, (laughs) you know, uh, we really cannot comment on that. So there could be a case where like a real giant humongous enterprise bought a product for whatever reason. Uh, But again, that's going to be an outlier from the technology capability perspective, From the product design perspective, this is really the shop open source Shopify is how I will think of them. That's how the solution is designed. Uh, You know, that's how they are trying to present themselves overall in my mind.
0: Yeah, I I think a a European competitor Shopify. I think that is a fairly accurate statement in terms of you know we could we could split hairs all day long about the right size business for their tool. Um, I think that they're probably trying to expand their market by going up and down that level. And you know what, looking at some of the big players that are using this, I think they're doing a really good job of convincing them that they can handle it. Um, Euronics is a UK based 600 store electronics. And, you know, think of it as like Best Buy for Europe and they're using it so it's i think that they've probably got the plugin issue resolved my concerns about plugins when you know a 600 store company is using it and you know a a major manufacturer or conglomerate is using it staples germany is using it i think they've got the plugin thing which has been my big issue with open source resolved the other pieces of it i think the usability, the look and feel, the, the business side of it, they are doing a really great job.
2: Yeah. And I will make the same comment. We don't have enough data right now. Uh, yep. You know, even if they have the large logos, uh, you know, sometimes their e-commerce is split maybe like 0.1% of their revenue. So, yep. you know, even though it's a large logo, uh, they might not be e from the e-commerce perspective, they might not be the enterprise. Uh, so again, uh, different layers, I guess, there. So do your research. If you're looking at this one uh, from the positioning perspective, obviously, we have a, like a million solution. Everybody's trying to go enterprise. Okay. Not everybody has to be in the enterprise space. <laughs> you exactly. <have> well, <laughs> you know,
0: I, I think you hit the nail on the head. And I think probably every other episode we talk about this. You need to have your requirements in priority order so you can compare it to potential solutions before you actually get to the demo, demo piece. And if you haven't done that yet, then please stop gathering names because, you know, these, these solutions are all over the place on what they're going to provide. So you really need to take a look at what your business objectives are, what your priorities are, and then see who, who hits your priorities first. If they have other whiz bang tools that don't meet your priorities, then who cares
2: exactly exactly great points robert so if you don't have any other commentary i'll move to the slides uh, let's cover some slides and then we can uh, discuss some more commentary uh, yeah. so here they are saying that they uh, developed in germany and this is relatively newer solution they started in 2004 but i think they have been active only for the last couple of years uh, they have been very aggressive in the last few years um, so here they have many different, um, business models, similar to other open source platforms that we have reviewed. So their professional edition is the commercial license, uh, you know, and obviously any open source platform is going to have their own way of making money. Sometimes the initial offer is going to be free, but then there is going to be a significant steep as soon as you are going to ask for. Uh, you know functionality where they feel that the customers that are willing to pay for the license so that's how they uh, structure their, their business model so pay attention to pricing how it is structured in my mind it's it's always going to be fair okay irrespective of whether you for open source you'll probably end up paying the same okay whether you talk about hosting or you talk about other offerings uh, that's how I like to think so do your due diligence whether you are getting a real deal uh, or you are simply getting a sales pitch so here we have some more commentary, basic functionality of Community Edition. It contains additional features such as storytelling, digital publishing, and its own ERP system. So this is also very unique. And a lot of open source platforms that we have reviewed, they have taken very unique approach. Uh, if I remember correctly, Oro o- they had their own CRM. Uh, you know, PrestaShop also had something there. So these guys are taking very different approach. And my understanding is going to be probably they're going to charge for ERP that I'll throw my e-commerce for free and then <laughs> charge ER, charge for ERP. So I don't know why they would have an ERP system and who is using the ERP system. Because when you look at the ERP system, you are getting in a different ball game. You have to deal with regulations. You have to deal with accounting. You have to deal with countries. So, you know, it's a very different space there. But again, if you're a very small shop and you hardly have any sort of transactions, the, an erp system might be okay and this is why the way they have positioned robert i mean i would not guess that you know staples is going to use their erp system <laughs> yep. i don't know how that is going to fly but okay uh so so they are definitely uh in the smb space i would think that they are more on the smaller side that's how the solution is designed that's how their marketing uh positioning is um In here, they are saying customers with this addition are entitled to warranty and have the option of making use of manufacturer support and maintenance. So that that is just a different way of doing pricing Uh, professional plus addition in addition to the what is that? Okay, so they have made some changes to their pricing overall in terms of the additions. Okay, so they have a bunch of premium plugins and they are going to have a lot of plugins as well, Robert. So I would love to uh, discuss more when we get to the plugin site. But my understanding is going to be even in their case, their business model is very plugin centric. That's how their uh, offering is. The way your Shopify, the way your WordPress is going to work, meaning you are going to require a lot of plugins, even though They have a lot, you know, from the technical capability perspective. As you correctly pointed out, they have the business event. They have uh, the workflow, which is very exciting overall, uh, you know, the way they are trying to uh, design the solution. And obviously Shopify is trying to do the similar things as well uh, in their solution. So in my mind, it is still very comparable um, to Shopify. Here, the one limitation that you need to pay attention to is... It is only available in two languages, okay? So German and English. I think uh, we have seen this at two places at least where this has been confirmed that these are the only two languages that they have support for. So again, Robert, you know, if you are enterprise-based out of Germany, maybe this is a great solution. <laughs> but if you are a global enterprise, I don't know how that is going to work because you definitely would require, um, you know, the language support in other countries. Yep. Here are some more uh, commentary um it enables large amount of traffic to be processed and they are talking about the professional plus addition in addition users of this license are offered added value in terms of developer support around the clock uh, personal advice and the option of dealer integration so that's where i guess they are trying to make money you know they have to make money as well um, so that's their business model of making money even though they are throwing something for free um, so they are saying there are around three thousand five hundred plugins for Sharpware. Um, so Robert, obviously they have a lot of plugins. So I don't know uh, when you mentioned that you know they don't have as many plugins. My, you know, they actually have a lot of plugins, and I don't oh, know how many. Yeah, I, I wasn't saying they
0: didn't have a lot of plugins. I mean they have like thirty five hundred. But what I was saying is they don't seem to have the same issues that like wordpress does with all their plugins
2: okay so we'll verify that as well in some reviews we have seen that i mean plugin is a plugin okay plugin meaning an independent company is developing these plugins are never tested together why you have issues is because now you are trying to use five all of them together nobody has really tested and and that's why you have issues so plugin is a plugin in of the platform respect of the design you are always, always going to have issues because of plugin. So that's where your architecture is going to be super critical in analyzing how the plugin is designed, which tables from the solution, core solution, it is hitting. And if if it is not hitting the tables, you might be okay. Okay, but then you are going to have a lot of conflicts from the CSS perspective. Even if it is just a front-end plugin, I've seen crazy scenarios, even with CSS, even though it's super fluid and you know, someone would guess that probably in CSS, you are never going to get issues. But that's not true at all. Uh, even with CSS, you are going to get a lot of issues. So here, okay, there are also interfaces to around 50 payment service providers. Again, commendable uh, in my mind. I don't think the other open source solutions that we have reviewed, I believe TrestaShop was trying to limit it to just one payment provider because that's how they were making money. <laughs> uh, you know, and if you need additional payment provider, hey, I'm a developer, I'm really good, I'll in- integrate for you. Uh, that's how open source, uh, you know, solutions like to think. So they always are going to have some ways of making money. In their case, they are offering value-added services, but you know, they are offering fifty-payment service provider integration, which is just mind-blowing. Blowing. I don't know if they have, a, they have a cut with these service providers. They might. Uh, you know, that's how most uh, e-commerce business models work. So review the rates. Pay attention to what or and where they might be making money. Now, the marketplace offered a B2B platform for wholesalers and online retailers in the style of a social network. And I don't know where that comment is coming from, to be honest. Uh, social network is a stretch in my mind. B2B functionality, I actually like their B2B functionality a lot. Uh, you know, the way these screens are designed, the way they are layout, it's it's just mind blowing. And some of the unique features that I have personally seen uh, on the B2B side, so which is just, just Phenomenal that I have not seen even with the enterprise platforms. Just some of them, I would not say this is, again, an enterprise platform, but they have some features uh, that are really strong, uh, which is targeted product, uh, such as possible in product data. Description can be automatically transferred. So the, here they are saying uh, the shop where is developed in the programming language PHP up to version four uh the framework in and light is what they were using so i think this is a similar strategy as press shop they decided to move to slightly stronger uh you know framework so now they are seeing a manufacturer specific m- modification of the zend framework so Enlight is just nothing uh, but the modification of the zend framework uh, now but they also ended up moving to symphony symphony is a bloated framework initially Everybody's going to be super pumped about these live framework, uh, but then you hit into issues and then you have to use slightly more sophisticated and bloated framework. <laughs> uh, but, you know, most of them are now using Symfony, I believe. And MySQL is probably the backend that everybody in the open source, com- source community uses. Some more commentary here. So overall, from the UI perspective, this is, uh, in my mind, it's very copycat of Shopify. Uh, you know, in fact, their name is Shopware. So I don't know if, if they had a little influence there with Shopify because you have a word shop in that, um, you know. Um, then uh, you have the dashboard categories. it's Everything is is very, very, very similar to Shopify. Uh, even the sales channels, the way their extension, the apps are uh, very, very, very similar. Now, this is some very unique functionality that I've seen. And I don't know, Robert, maybe you have some comment there um you know i personally have not seen the customizable search the way they are doing my understanding was that you would either not require these customizations for search uh, because it will be um auto generated or uh, but here you have a lot more flexibility overall in terms of search and i don't know if you have seen this much capability for search with the other platforms No, I have not.
0: Um, You know, the enterprise level, they'll actually go out and buy better search tools. Yeah. um, But to have it pre-installed, because usually it's just simple Boolean type search. So to start configuring it saying, I'm going to allow and, or, or is interesting.
2: Exactly. And I personally hate... WordPress search to be honest, okay, the way it is, then you don't really have any control when you try to search. Pretty much everything shows up, mm-hmm. uh, so you know it's really ugly. Uh, so obviously, if you are going to be on WordPress or similar platforms, you probably would require something. Uh, I'm I don't remember Shopify big commerce how they do it. Uh, maybe they offer some control, but their search obviously is going to be superior uh, because a lot of businesses are running. But I don't know if they provide any sort of control for merchants to be able to customize their search my understanding is though going to be probably they don't have that um so this is very unique we have seen this in some platforms so if you remember i think oro had done this as well and that is very developer-centric platform Uh, they were trying to do a little bit of uh you know the ranking of the search criteria etc you could change the ranking that's how you could tweak the search algorithm and let's say if you want to uh move one of your listing a little up Uh, you could do that uh, using the the ranking and how uh, the search um, uh, was supposed to be done overall in the platform. So this is much more capability overall the way this is done. So here you have very refined way of specifying what is going to be part of your search criteria. So you have many different fields that you can use as part of search criteria along with your custom field. So, which is mind blowing the amount of capability that they are providing i'm pretty sure you are probably going to have this probably in the enterprise search platform that robert you mentioned when you are going to have any of the best of breed search solutions but here we are talking about you know you have the category custom fields category name category search terms uh product description so let's say if you don't like the way your default search is working you can tweak that if you don't want to include any of those uh, as part of your search, and then you can specify the ranking as well. And then you have the split search terms, uh, you know, that's also there. So a lot of flexibility uh, overall in the search functionality. You know, one of the things that they're not taught
0: that, that I haven't seen yet. So when you think about e-commerce, yep. um, there's two things that you want to have happen. You want to have results that are as close to what the customer searched for as possible yep and you always want to return something
2: exactly, exactly. and so
0: you know um when i was at windham our test would be i'm from texas so we would look in buckholz texas which is yep. in the middle of nowhere it's like one stoplight town in the middle of yep. the desert and you know we would look to see okay is the search result Giving us one of our brand hotels in distance order, what's the closest one yeah and if it's not if it's not showing me anything, that's a bad search result yeah um and in clothing, you know we could you want to show them or you know whatever consumer product you want to show them something, hey, we have this, we're out of stock, but we also have these.
2: Right, I completely agree. And you know, that's probably going to be, you don't want to make it confusing. And I think you clarified that in the end, that if you return the extra result, that is also going to be confusing. But if we clarify that, okay, we don't have what you are looking for, but we do have something that you may be trusted in. So that's a different positioning. Yeah, I completely agree. Okay, so this is how your rebuilding is going to be done. So once you have specified your search criteria, You need to rebuild your search index based on how, you know, the new search is going to work. So once you change your criteria, then you have to rebuild and you can test that, uh, you know, and they are providing this capability. Now, we have seen similar capabilities in HCL Commerce. Uh, Robert, I don't know if you recall that you can pin the search result and that pinning you can test in the test. And that pinning is always going to be there even with the live results. So Mm -hmm. I don't think these guys have the pinning. Because pinning would be a very enterprise centric feature uh, in some platforms we have seen. But that's a very interesting feature when we, you want to pin a specific search result, uh, you know, regardless of whatever they are searching, uh, just because you might be trying to promote something. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so this is really good because it also provide you ranking score. Uh, you know, the only thing that I would find missing is the explanation of your ranking score uh you know so the, it seems that the ranking score is not necessarily clickable which means you don't know where that 6420 is coming from if you need to debug uh you know if you have very simplified catalog then you might be okay but let's say if you have millions of SKUs and they all have their own ranking criteria good luck in finding where the score is coming from <laughs> it could be a nightmare So, you know, I think the enterprise platform probably would have the explanation of the ranking score as well, which these guys don't have. The category structure overall, the way it is designed, I really like it. It's very similar to your um, API server, Optimize.ly, if I remember correctly. Uh, uh, We had some more platform that had similar tree structure where you can have the landing page right there. And this really helps when you are gonna have a lot of pages on your site uh, in general. So this is a very good experience. Obviously the internal UX is is as good as your Shopify, uh, you know, as, as you can clearly see the way things are laid out. If you look at their designer, the way they are building their layout. Again, I liked it more than Shopify. They really have quality developers and designers who are working on this platform.
0: So the search ranking score is how much you you can define how much weight is put behind the content for that particular product. So the higher the value, the more
2: weight that brings. Right. But when you have the final score, so you have many different variables that are driving that score, right? So you can specify, okay, this is where you are specifying the score. So for example, category custom fields, I am giving the ranking score of zero. Category name, zero. Custom search terms, it's 800. So now all of these combined are going to drive where my 6420 is coming from. But let's say if I want to debug, okay, I want to do the reverse. So now I am trying to test my searches and I am looking at, okay, 6420, 5420, 3530. And I'm trying to figure out, okay, why is a particular term ranking above or below and that is probably not as per my expectation so now i want to figure out okay how can i tweak the search algorithm so that you know it is actually going to rank up so you don't have bad debugging it has the total score but you cannot debug the formula how that is compiled and how you got the result follow-up comments
0: yeah yeah no no so i i think you know so what's going to give you the score in that in that uh, page and it will adjust based on the content that you provide. So the only way that you can tweak it is you can't go in there. I believe, I believe you cannot tweak each line item score number. I think you actually have to go into the core content and adjust that.
2: So you assign the ranking, and no, 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 no. So okay, so I'm I'm confused now. So my understanding was that okay, so based on these attributes that you have, you are assigning the individual score, right, and each of them, depending upon how you are searching, it's going to determine, OK, sorry, I'm, I'm confused. So, so, okay, so, when, <laughs> so when you are going to be searching, it is trying to match with all of these categories, right? And that's how it is trying to find the score. So let's say, for example, you are searching based on, I don't know, red shirts or whatever. Now red is present in your category name. Red is also present in your product description, so product description is a match. Now, if product description is going to have the score of 800 or whatever, and the category has 200, so the score total score is going to be 8 plus 2, right? Yep. So that yes. but but whatever I just said, you cannot really debug that. No, <laughs> it's <the> it's <laughs> it's really crazy because if you have other
0: things that have red in it that you've ranked, but you're thinking of another term. So it, it gets kind of convoluted, and I think getting in here and, and doing this I think is um, not as efficient as maybe using some other algorithm that's going to take a look at at the actual content that you've created on the product detail page.
2: Exactly, and that's where I guess you know when you are going to look at the enterprise search platform, they are going to have far more debugging because you know it gets really complicated when you are looking at search algorithm. It's not easy at all. Uh, yeah. The more customizability you are going to have. The harder it is going to be to debug. Yep. Okay. So we were on this page. So I really like they have done the mail merges. To be honest. Okay. So they the even their business events uh, are very similar to Shopify. And uh, Robert, I don't know if you remember from the Shopify discussion, and I don't recall what was their uh, uh, programming language called, the, the, the scripting language they used to uh, refer to as specific name. And so this is the same scripting they are trying to provide the business event where you have the mail template and then you have the http uh html tags that they are trying to use which is just commendable you know the way it is done it's just fancy to, in in my mind you can do a, a lot of crazy things overall from the platform perspective and you are going to be sending these emails
0: yeah this this is certainly a lot neater i mean you know years ago we would just have TXT files that would get pulled and any time you wanted to update that that particular message you'd have to load a new TXT file. Exactly. Exactly. Then then they became more sophisticated when they would add it into the database so at least the the business users could go into the database with a UI and modify it at will but you didn't in that database you didn't get HTML because it was more of like a site setting as opposed to individual file setting.
2: Exactly, exactly. So yeah, so great commentary there. And I really like the way these guys have done. I don't know how many businesses are going to be using the business events, but sometimes you have to use that. Even if you're using the external uh, email tools such as ClayView or whatever you are using uh, for your emails, you might still want to utilize business events because that is going to give you far more seamless experience uh, based on each of the action that user Maybe performing. The only challenge is going to be when two platforms are going to be sending the email. They always are going to be different. So just keep that in mind.
0: <laughs> well, in this case, you know, when they're going to have business events, you better be sure that somebody's going to have to keep track of yeah. what event triggers what, and in making sure that there's no overlap. I-
2: exactly, and they have like a million events there. So again, yep. uh, you know, it's fancy, but debugging could be could be harder.
0: Yeah, I've I've seen a few instances when somebody got lost in the events that they created and multiple um, events were kicked off simultaneously, which inundated the customer with a bunch of communication.
2: Yeah. And by the way, do not uh, ignore the point when, let's say, if an employee leaves an organization, what is going to happen is they are going to have a little redirect and then other customers actually or their replacement is probably going to get an email and they're going to complain, I never subscribed to your uh, commerce platform. How come I'm receiving this email? Yep. <laughs> so emails are funny.
0: <laughs> and and so, some of these uh, organizations are still completely clueless. For example, yep. Walmart. So Walmart, I still get platform based emails that I can't unsubscribe for because I am no longer part of the organization that was utilizing that platform right so I just have to send it to my spam box
2: yeah exactly and when you do that and then obviously your domain ranking is going to suffer because domain is looking at pretty much everything uh you know it just said the way it works it's not in the control of the business uh but domain rankings they are not as smart yeah uh, <laughs> So it's just crazy, crazy world, uh, you know, with respect to email. In any case, so I also like the way they have designed their flow builder. Again, I think this is also very similar to what Shopify has done with their flow builder. Uh, the kind of capabilities that you have are are very similar uh, in designing those flows. And one of the capability that you are going to get here is calling the backend service, which is going to be your webhook. Um, so you can call any of the enterprise service. You can publish uh, some sort of JSON message somewhere wherever you might have that URL. So again, this provides a lot more flexibility overall in maintaining this inside the platform itself. So here, the B2B uh, functionality. And again, they have some functionality, which is very impressive. Uh, Overall, the way their screens are laid out, uh, in my mind, again, they are not meant to be the enterprise platform. uh, But some of the B2B functionality is very, very, very deep in general that I have not even seen in the enterprise platforms. So here we are talking about assigning the sales rep, which is very, even even Shopify does not have as strong B2B capabilities as as of today, but these guys seem to have the B2B plus B2C and they are far newer platform overall. Um, So the one thing that I noted is the easy mode and I don't know what is an easy mode, to be honest, in the case of B2B scenario. So Robert, I don't know if you have any sort of insight there. Uh, easy mode, I have no idea what that is.
0: No, I don't, I don't either.
2: Yeah. Um, OK, so this is the, the B2B account uh, structure. This is very similar to uh, some of the B2B enterprise platforms as well. For example, let's say if you review SAP Hybris, you are probably going to see a lot more B2B functionality here. With the enterprise platform such as courts and the shopping cart versions etc so these guys don't have all of that but still if you look at the overall design it's very well done so let's say if these guys need to grow their capabilities it's going to be much easier um, to grow from here so they have the orders they have the offers and my understanding is going to be offer is probably a court they are calling it as offer maybe in germany they call it as offer or maybe in, I don't know, Robert, Europe, they, they call it as offer, uh, but offer is the quote uh, that is supposed to be a slightly more North American term for quotes.
0: Yes. So in in this case, offers is, is going to be, um, you know, the
2: quote. Right. And do you know which country would use that? Does UK uh, use the term offer for quotes? I don't know if UK does, but I know that Germany does okay so Germany is okay so you are sure about Germany right yeah. okay 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 interesting yeah and this is where I guess when you look at the commerce platforms whether you talk about ERP e-commerce that's why the nomenclature for these platform matters when you are going to go from one country to the next and that's why probably German companies, they're just going to love it because they can relate with it. When they look at offer, You know, it makes sense. Uh, but for North American companies, it's probably not gonna be as intuitive. So here now they have the multiple roles that you can establish as part of your B2B functionality. And they, the permission structure is very organized, very logical uh, the way this platform has done. So I like it a lot here obviously it's going to be very european flavored uh, overall uh, and they have by the way budget management um, i think the enterprise um, commerce solutions are probably going to have budgets uh, but again we have not seen that with any other platforms that we have reviewed so far but budget is going to be relevant when you have to set a budget for a specific employee how much they can buy uh, what is going to be their limit per order maybe they don't call budget because budget is a very financial term in general Uh, Typically, that is going to be some sort of approval limit or purchase limit. Uh, That's what they call. So there is a little either nomenclature difference, uh, difference or if, you know, I don't know, budget is a different functionality altogether. They also have the contingent functionality, which is also very interesting that I don't think I have seen anywhere else. So, you know, so you are talking about you're only allowed to place five orders per quarter Typically, this functionality is going to be part of your approval flow. So you can specify many different approval flows. That's how most North American solutions are put to approach. They don't necessarily call it as contingent functionality. Again, I don't know if this is a very UK-centric term, Germany-centric term, but something is going on here that I'm not sure if this is a new piece of functionality or it is really the nomenclature difference.
0: So here, I'm not sure how they're using this, but contingent would mean um we're making an offer contingent on you having a solid credit rating exactly. or you buying this other product yeah. and so maybe these contingent rules are based
2: on um order groups i would not use word contingent to be honest okay so this seems to be a more of a because contingent means condition literally yeah That's what can, <laughs> yeah. conditional offer is what it is uh, yeah. this is not condition this is more of the approval flow um, <laughs> so, and, and which, is, which is a little odd. Yeah, yeah. So again, I don't know what's going on here. I'm not too sure. Um, and that's why it seems to be more of the approval flow. It's just a language problem here. Okay, now this one, I absolutely love the way this is designed. And this one is for everything that we have seen so far. Uh, by the way, the permission set is also for the contingencies. Okay, and it's also for budget so the they have a little workflow there for even contingency and the budget so it's not just your uh, you know the nomenclature difference they have these feature sets built as part of their tool and that's what blows my mind that no no, no there is something to it <laughs> that we are not sure uh, who is going to be using and how they are going to be used but this is very different So
0: contingents contingents are specifically allow restrictions to be placed on orders. For example, the number of products that can be ordered per order can be specified in certain categories.
2: Right, but that's not what it's called. (laughs) I I, I understand. So it's a a weird use, but that's what they mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's the description. But yeah, I mean, they are using the contingent. But if you look at the financial term, for the contingency, that's different.
0: That, it's, yes, I, I agree completely. I'm yeah. just trying to make sure that whoever's listening to this, you know, we, we
2: give them the information because if we're confused, that's not good. Yeah, yeah, completely agree. So guys, uh, make sure you do a little research there in terms of what that is and if you really need that. Now, some reviews. So here we have the small business with fewer employees. And that's, in my mind, that's their positioning. This is their play. Okay, so here they are saying, and by the way, this is from 2022. So this is a very recent review. And by the way, if you look at the review sites, they have a lot of recent reviews. So they are very active in the marketplace at this point of time. You can tell by looking at how fresh these reviews are. So they are saying performance, availability, stability, uh, and possibilities to enhance it further. Uh, A lot of extensions and great support, great experience. Uh, Roadmap got features that suddenly became enterprise extensions. Okay, hint, hint, open source. Uh, That's how open source works, okay? (laughs) So, uh, you know, there could be pricing changes when they are going to be out of cash, okay? So, yes, open source is great, but that could change at any point of time. Now, they are talking about B2B does not need Black Friday. So there is a little mix-up there overall in terms of the functionality. So they are saying it was an insult to pay for the full amount and to see the discounts Shortly after, so I think they have a little problem in pricing uh, overall the way they have priced their offering. So, obviously, the team is not as sophisticated in business, I guess. They are probably good developers and designers. Uh, (laughs) The price management is uh, in uh, professional is poor, not usable for B2B in a production environment. And I would agree with the review the B2B functionality is great, but again, if you are looking at serious B2B organization, this platform is probably not going to be enough. Uh, Without a PIM, very poor import speed is too slow. So if a 50 or fewer employee is complaining about speed, good luck running an enterprise on this platform. Yep. Uh, some more review, mid-market 51,000 employees, slightly bigger in my mind uh, for them. Uh, here they are seeing modern platform with a tech stack that is currently very popular. And you know they have listed some of the programming languages as well. The shop administration is very tendible with uh, both plugins and custom development and have a uh, uh, easy, great easygoing, I guess they are trying to praise, then also the option to go full headless and use the PWA framework delivered by Shopware. That pretty much everybody is trying to claim that they have headless capabilities. I have not seen, but seems like they do uh, based on their demos. Uh, you know, they do have some functionality there. Now there could be a debate whether they are monolith or pure headless. Uh, but they do have some PWA functionality there. Um, so they seem to be liking the rule builder and the flow builder functionality. Maintenance cost with running and updating platform is currently higher than what I would consider in a normal circumstance. Are you serious? Okay, so this is an open source platform and they are still complaining about the price. I don't get it. Uh, so either their pricing is off uh, or you know, open source is just a initial pitch and then you have to pay a lot, I guess uh then erp pim pause etc and then use the software to uh functionality to run high performance web shops with a low tcu so there's a little conflict there in this review first he's complaining about pricing and then uh you know he's talking about low tcu so i'm not sure what's going on one more review plugins compatibility with each other is not always guaranteed so robert this is where i am validating that there is a problem with plugins and that would yep. be with any plugin out there. Uh, the new plugins uh, to be able to detect problems before uh, the productive commissioning. So obviously it's slightly more immature, the ecosystem. So you are gonna have all of those problems. You will lose a lot of time with troubleshooting, exactly. Uh, that's what is going to happen with most open source platforms. Some more review here. So small business with fewer employees is the right segment for them. Um, you know, they are saying backend system as a content creator is better than competitors on the market like Magento. So they liked it better than Magento for some reason. Uh, maybe UI, maybe experience. Uh, overwrite and build your own templates as a developer by uh you know, overwriting phtml files instead of overwriting uh, XML blocks. That's just a developer preference. CMS is basic as it is. Like columns and such are hard to create yourself. Uh, you need plugin for it. It is close to WordPress, so I think they are complaining about the content functionality. That content functionality is not as great, and I don't know any other content platform that is going to be as rich as your uh, WordPress. Typically, WordPress is the best uh, in in content. Some more commentary here, 2022. This one is Wall. 50 or fewer employees is the right segment for them. Uh, modern tech stack and a clean backend. So anybody is going to appreciate the design if they have a taste for it. Uh, The front end speed and the possibilities to build a custom template for categories and product pages. Uh, The way to create a custom theme is on par with BigCommerce. So they are comparing it with BigCommerce. That's what I would compare it with. Uh, The documentation could be a little better. It feels simplified. Yes, that's going to be a problem with most open source platforms. So watch out guys, if you're a developer, you are probably not gonna be happy. Uh, I am missing a very crucial part, how to handle an order in the best way. Like, so, okay, so they are looking for the consulting help. You are not going to get consulting help from any vendors out there, okay? So you need to hire consultants for that. Um, you Nobody's going to describe how your order is going to be uh, g- going to go from step one to step two, how to implement dropshipping functionality. That's not the job of developer. They don't understand uh, business as well. And that's where you need to talk to people like Robert uh so that they can explain to you <laughs> um okay the english version is not as active so that is the complaint that they have mentioned overall from the community perspective but they are also saying that it is not the fault of the the, the vendor or the community but it is kind of right because you know their target market is really germany and they don't really have active ecosystem um, in the us so you know probably if you are using this for germany great but uh, you know us uh, you might struggle OK, so I think we are pretty good. I don't know if I have anything else here on any other reviews. OK, I think I'm good, Robert. I uh, can take some final comments. Yeah, I think, you know, again, I
0: hadn't seen those comments about the um, about the plugins, because we know that we've talked about that in the past. You know, when you have plugins in an open source, they're, they're going to have conflict. And so you're right, we did get confirmation from them. Um, You know, they are doing a really good job to make themselves look exciting, like, you know, Shopify. But, you know, the fact that they only support English and German, but they support all those other currencies. Yeah. I, I, you know, I'm a little confused by that, but hey, it is what it is. You know, they're finding their sweet spot, they're niching down, and this is where we work well. And if you happen to be a company that needs, that's in that niche, then you're good to
2: go. So... I think that's a very interesting comment, and let's uh, explore that a little bit because we have never touched you know, how currencies and the languages are going to be correlated. So let's say if you're a German company and you need the platform only in German because you have German developers, German designers, German users, you know, then you don't probably need any other languages, but you might still be transacting, okay? Even though you are in Germany, you might be using Payment Gateway or whatever, and you might be transacting in the US, UK. Uh, you know so that's a possibility i don't know uh and that's why the currencies are very they don't have direct correlation uh with the languages i guess well
0: so if you are you know if you are in the eu you're typically yeah. going to have customers um in multiple languages exactly right you know in many of the countries uh like in germany when you go to gymnasium you're going to learn english you're yep. you're um, ability to use it effectively in the workplace may not be great, but you're going to learn rudimentary English. Yep. And so, but when you're there, you know, just like here in the U S people complain, sometimes when you're in the deep South, it's like, why don't you learn another language? Well, because I'm 5,000 miles away from needing to learn another language. Whereas in, in Europe, you know, you're right across the border. So in Switzerland, yep. you've got four languages, you know, yep. in France, you've got four languages. So, you you know, So if you have a customer from France that stumbles upon your product in Germany and they want to purchase it, but they don't happen to speak German or French, but they can buy it in French francs. Yeah. Well, not that French francs are available anymore, but, you know, they can buy it in euros. Yeah. But they can't understand any of the details. Are you expecting them to, you know, copy and paste all that into Google Translate? Not the greatest customer experience. Yeah, I completely agree. I completely agree you know, and and that was the entire point of the EU is allowing people to sell to the broader audience, yep. but they didn't, you know, the EU isn't designed like, hey, we're all yep. one big economic union now. So everybody's got to speak the same language. No, yep. you still have nationalism and they still want to l- know their own languages. And so you have to be able to support them. So I've yep. talked to, you know, we've talked to developers in the Nordics and they have, you know, customers in five, six, seven languages.
2: Awesome. Great points Uh, and could not agree more. Any other final comments, Robert? Nope. All right, guys. So that's it for today. If you are doing for the first time, this was part of our e-commerce series for which we meet every Wednesday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern. So make sure you guys are going to be here next week. We are going to come back with another topic uh, or the solution. On that note, thanks everyone for tuning in tonight. I cannot thank our guests enough for coming on the show, for sharing their knowledge and journey. I always pick up learnings From our guests, and hopefully, you learned something new today. If you want to learn more about Robert Brown, head over to rgbecommerce.com. It's rgb rgbecommerce.com. Links and more information will also be available in the show notes. If anything in this podcast resonated with you and your business, you might want to check other related episodes, including the interview with Megan Gamble, who shares her insights into building the systems for the packaging industry. Also the interview with Colin Cronin, who shares his insights into the evolution of B2B digital commerce capabilities for a global medical device manufacturer. Also don't forget to subscribe and spread the word among folks with similar backgrounds. If you have any questions or comments about the show, please review and rate us on your favorite podcasting platform or DME on any social channels. I'll try my best to respond personally